ball is high. It is far. It is gone to win the game. The Mets are on their way back. World champions for the 27th time. Home plate for all things Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Welcome into Nosebleeds WFUV's Baseball Podcast. Excuse me. It's early in the morning while we're recording this, so we're going to wake up on the show, I think, today uh, with each other. You know, go back and forth here. I'm with Dylan Balsamo, Nick Feta, And guys, um, you know, usually we start with, we were just talking about this before the show, the team that is in, is in the gutter. And there's no better team to ever do that with. I think even in baseball, if you looked all around baseball, the Mets had really a week of misery. And, you know, we'll get into the series with the Phillies, but it starts losing three or four to the Marlins, not signing Kumar Rocker. Just a truly terrible week for them overall. Uh, lost, I think they've lost nine of 11. First place is gone. They're now two and a half behind the Phillies in third place. So, you know, Dylan, it's kind of mean here. You know, I'm just ripping off all these stats and now I'm going to ask how you're doing being a Mets fan. But how are you doing? I think I need to check in on you and make sure you're doing all right here. The, the answer to that question is, uh, eh, but I'll be okay. I'll, I'll be just fine. Uh, it's, it's good to be here. Uh, and this is always a great place to air out uh, frustrations with both the Yankees and the Mets. Uh, right here on Nosebleeds. Also, very quick, this is off topic. Nick, it's Fada? I thought it was Fada. Absolutely. Actually, they both work. The Italian way is Fata, but they both work. Okay, that's why the. Okay, well, that's that's interesting. Yeah. This is totally off topic, but this is a perfect place to talk yeah. about this. Let, let everyone know. My, it worked. <laughs> my, last, my last name, I tend to say Balsamo, but of course, everyone says Balsamo. That's some more. Yeah, did I just go over two? What was that? Did I just go over two? Oh no, I go Feta because it's it's we're American now. That's how. And, and and I say Balsamo. I'm the I'm, the only people I know who say it like that are the five people who live in this house. So <laughs> I wouldn't worry too much about it. But uh, to answer your initial question, I'm clearly not doing very well at all. Yeah, um, Nick. You know how are you doing? Uh, so far so good. You know, uh, we're we're lucky as as Yankee fans that our tide is kind of turned uh, opposite of the Mets. Uh, but to stick with the Mets for now, I'm just looking. Their past four games, obviously four losses, swept against the Phillies, uh, lost the last game in a four-game series against the Marlins, and lost three out of four there. Uh, but what really what jumps out to me here is they have those four games against the Phillies, they scored, or three games against the Phillies, sorry, they scored two runs, three runs, no runs. Uh, it's just not enough offensive production to win games. You know, it, it, it happens, I think, a little too often for the Mets, uh, that their offense really has not been... I guess spectacular recently, even if you look at the other games and the atrocity of, you said, uh, nine losses in the last 11 games, uh, the, the most amount of runs they scored was four. Uh, so it's they really haven't erupted for a big game to get any, any sort of life back in them, and I think that's what needs to happen if they want to kind of break this slump, because the division is not lost. Uh, I, I think the, the NL East is really still up for grabs, uh, but the Mets, they got to stay above 500 and kind of find something, I think. Uh, so Dylan, I know I would be a little worried if I were you, but there's still some time and enough, I guess, leverage that you guys still have. I know you play the Nationals a lot uh, until the end of the season, so that should help. But you got to get the bats going. There's no, there's no secret there. Yeah, and that three-run game. We'll get into this series now. Those, all those runs came in the ninth when the game was pretty much over. So you almost had two shutouts and then another low game. Steve Cohen tweeted before the series. Um, you know, I don't know what you think about him being on Twitter, Dylan, but 
he struck out this week a lot on, on the bird app. He goes, I'm feeling the offense will get it going. You know, they clearly didn't. And then before yesterday's game, he, you know, I, I'm not, he said he visited the players that they're in good spirits and then they get shut out. So I, I just not a good week for him, for his team, for him on Twitter, his fingers. I don't know, whatever there, that might have to change. But yeah, this is the first time since May 7th, the Mets are not in first place. And, and you mentioned it. I think that's what's so frustrating. One, having the lead for so long, you're almost programmed to like think they'll be fine and everything. And, and we know they haven't played great baseball in at least two months now, but the division lead never really faltered until this past week. And there's two reasons. One, the Mets have their first real adversity where like they're now down in the standings. They need to crawl up. And that's because of the offense, as you mentioned, and also the Phillies have won eight straight. You know, I'm not impressed with the Phillies at all, and that's why I think the Mets will be fine. But, like, if you're hot, you're hot. And and the Mets are, you know, they're struggling at their worst time. You also have the Braves now who've kind of flipped over them. They're now a question mark. It's not just a two-man race. That's what makes it a little dicey here. But, Dylan, I just want to go to you. You know, I think at the end of the day, if you ask me, I think they probably still win the division. But to do it, I was wrong a few weeks ago when I said they could play 500 ball from here on out and win it with the way the Phillies are playing now, the Braves who went all in on the deadline, they're going to have to, they're going to have to be a good team. I don't know the number that gets you in, but I think it'd have to be like 88 instead of the 85. But do you think though, that the Mets, you know, do you think this is just a slump or do you think this is the reality and the natural regression setting in here? Well, it's difficult to call it a slump considering they've been playing sub 500 ball, like you mentioned, but for basically 60 games now, and, you know, this wasn't even just a bad week. They lost 10 of their last 13 the last two weeks. So, you know, this is this has been a growing problem for – and not even just the two weeks. It's It's been a while now. And you can blame it on injuries or whatever you want to do. But at the end of the day, your record is your record. Um, it might not be a, the best indication of the kind of team that you should have been, but it is the team that you have been. And that's what you got to deal with. Now, there are a couple caveats here. First of all, this was not supposed to be the year for the Mets. If you were to tell any Mets fan before the start of this year, they'd be two and a half out of first place come the beginning of August. They'd take it. They absolutely would. Uh, you know, at the beginning of this year, Steve Cohen and another wrong prediction said three to five years uh, when it turned out to be a year or two before the Mets could really compete for something. Um, it's really difficult now because, you know, the National League East has still been in contention because the Mets have continued to struggle. And now the Braves and Phillies have both leveled up as much as the Mets have at the deadline. So, you know, if, if, if you're the Mets, you really do have to lock in things here. That being said, like you mentioned, Ryan, I think, I think they're going to be fine. Um, the question is um, when things are going to click for them. Cause I, I, I think this might've been the weekend where it really settled in of like, <clears throat> Oh, this has been a very difficult two months, and we really have to turn things around now. And it, and you can sense that in post game press conferences, uh, and I'm sure it's like that in in the clubhouse. And Steve Cohen really exposed himself on Twitter this weekend, didn't he? So, th this is if there's any moment for the Mets coming late down the stretch, it's one where they got yeah they got one series against the Nationals this coming week is going to be good, but then they play 13 consecutive games against the Dodgers and Giants, so this is going to be very difficult, Nick. Yeah, I, I think they need, you know, they need that kind of spark and, and realization, the wake-up call. Um, if it hasn't happened yet, which I guess it clearly clearly hasn't uh, by the record showing. Uh, you know, you said with the injuries, I mean, it's, yeah, you're right. You got to deal with what you're, the cards you're, you're given. Um, obviously, DeGrom hasn't pitched since, I believe, right before the All-Star break. Yeah. Uh, that's brutal. You know, the, he pitches 
and that could be an extra five, six games you win uh, just off of him not giving up a run or giving up one run. You know, you have Lindor, who's been out a few games, uh, and he started to pick up his play. Baez just went day to day. Uh, you, don't, you know, you got to kind of have some guys really fill in. Uh, if I can transition over to the Yankees quick, when, when they had a lot of guys go out with injury or with COVID, they had some minor leaguers step up and start winning, winning them some games with big hits or big plays. Uh, you know, it's just kind of a new spark or fire that brought an energy to the team to help build that momentum and win. Maybe that's something the Mets need. Uh, I, I, honestly, I wouldn't even say maybe they do need it because if they keep slumping like this and the Phillies who have been playing red-hot baseball keep win- Ooh, excuse me, winning, uh, they're, they're done. You know, they, they need to find something to at least be able to uh, neutralize, I guess, that fire that the Phillies have, maybe put it out a little bit. Uh, just by winning a few games or winning even a series, you know, get something because <laughs> if they don't, it could be desperation times in, at City Field. And Nick, if I could just add to that, the, the Mets have had that multiple times this year, too. And, you know, we've heard the phrase replacements used multiple times this year to try and talk about this team. Where you look at, you know, guys like uh, like Jonathan VR um, is to me is like the prime example of someone who stepped into the everyday lineup and has stepped in in, in grand fashion to do so. Or, you know, there's a point in the year when Josh P. Fargus and Khalil Lee were, were guys you could really rely upon on the outfield. This has happened to the Mets before, but it is now so constant uh, that those guys have become the guys. Jonathan VR is a st- everyday starter at this point. Um, you know, with Brandon Nimmo's come back into the picture, and, and so is Jeff McNeil, and they've all spent their their designated amount of time on the IL, as it seems to be to be a New York Met this year. Uh, but the Mets have had that. And, you know, as you kind of alluded to, Nick, they're going to need that again. Yeah. Um, the thing that coming up here, I think this is like the make or break. Like you have 13 straight against two really good teams. I think you could either see them completely falter. The wheels continue to just get off the rails here or they can. I mean, yeah, I take like a seven and six. Like it's a tough stretch coming up. So you have to kind of whether the storm you're not, I, I, there's no reason to believe the Mets will just get hot. Um, and all season, I think the, the offense has been really bad. You know, their bottom six in average RBIs, homers, hits, and OPS. So basically every important stat, they're bad, but the pitching was good enough. And I think right now it's just they don't have the bodies. A pitching, uh, you know, Zach Wheeler, the former Met, uh, obviously yesterday spectacular on Roy Holiday. Day, you know, great stuff there, complete game shutout. This season, he's 15 outings of seven or more innings. And that's more than DeGrom, sorry, Taiwan Walker and Marcus Stroman combined. And those three, like that's a big three that you you feel great about and could go up with any lineup. But when you're not healthy and you need all these other guys from the minors to fill in innings, you know, we had Eikhoff starting these games who is just atrocious. It, It does snowball. And you wonder also, just this is kind of going all over the place here, but I'm looking at, the Javi bias thing, we don't know how long the injury is. I feel like the spark that he expected to bring in the clubhouse and everything there, maybe it's actually there in the clubhouse, but that doesn't reflect to the field. You know, he's been, I think, like fine. Like he's he's had some really bad games, 0 for 5 with 5Ks this week, brutal stuff. But this is what you kind of expected from him. He's not going to walk. He's not going to get on base. He will drive in some runs. He's a big homer. And I think they're only win versus the Marlins. So, like, if that spark isn't there, where are they going to get it? Is it going to come after you just got beat down by the Phillies, you lost first place? Because certainly now, you know, urgency is a weird thing, and obviously they're trying 110% every time. But now when they look at the standings, it's, okay, we messed around for two months. Honestly, kind of lucky to only be two and a half out after the way they played for two and a half months now. 
is this where they can really flip it? But there's no tangible thing. There's no one guy coming back that'll switch it. It's just the offense needs to improve. You know, like at bottom line, they need to hit uh, Pete Alonzo, who had that red hot start to the second half, is now in an 0 for 20. So, like, you have these things that don't go right. Suddenly, your hottest hitter is ice cold, and it all snowballs, and that's why you get swept this weekend. And if they played a million games, they would have lost all of them. That's just how it was this weekend. So, huge off day today. Maybe that's what we said it's still in. I don't know here. Well, you, you know what's interesting is you, you mentioned Pete Alonso yesterday during the postgame press conference. Yeah, that's let's get into that. Uh, he, he was asked of, of what his message is to fans. Um, and, and it was a fair one, I think. He, he said, look, everyone's going to hit tough times, but believe in us. You know, keep, keep believe. Don't just believe. Believe in us is, is what he said. And, and my response to it was, for one thing, I, I love the sentiment of that. But, but secondly, most importantly, I, th- I think the matter is we, we do like we do believe in them. We do all believe the Mets are the, are the team most fit to win this division this year in this crazy 2021 season. But um, it, it's it's not even a matter of, of believing anymore. It's it's more it, 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 it's more the, the, the level at which you must play has stepped up now because the rest of the division has stepped up. You know, I think the Nationals are going to really, um, uh, for lack of a better term, get off on, on being a, a spoiler team in these last two months. Sure. I really think they're going to be like that. You know, obviously the Mets are going to have a little more of the Marlins too, and, and perhaps they'll be like that too. You know, <laughs> with Derek Jeter's your owner, that's, that's bound to happen. Um, it, it's going to be very tough for the Mets. So, you know, it's it's not even a matter of being the team that they have been. It's being the team they were always supposed to be. That's really what I think it comes down to. Yeah, I, I like the message that, that Alonzo gave. Um, for me, you know, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in his season because if you look back to his rookie year, you know, it was – it was phenomenal. Again, as a Yankee fan, I compare his rookie year to Judge's rookie year, and and, and Alonzo's, I guess, dropped off slight, slightly a bit uh, more than I was hoping he would. Uh, and, you know, you, you kind of see him as a leader of that team. Uh, you know, he's the heart of the order. He's arguably the biggest bat in the NL East. Uh, maybe Bryce Harper overtakes that now, of course. But uh, I, I look to him kind of to provide that spark. You say, you know, you say, believe in us okay, well, there comes a time now when you believe, but you do have to see something. Uh, you have to see some sort of result. And again, I, I get it. It's been a, a couple rough months. Every, every team, most teams go through it. Not every team, but most teams go through it. Uh, but but I, I don't know where, I guess, you know, if he's not going to give, I, I would love to see, you know, him him hit a blast, a, a two-run walk-off home run in a game and, and see if that, you know, he does that. He's a very high-energy guy. That brings some sort of life. I, I really think, you know, my theme with this whole, Mets dilemma right now it's just they need whether it's one game one hit uh one strikeout whatever it is just to just to get that sort of okay we're here we still are this team because they they may not know their identity right now based off of how poorly they've been playing yeah um I think there's one thing about the Pete Alonzo quote that that was in there that we didn't bring up yet not only so he said believe in us and all that but then he goes just don't believe no just smile and know that we got this you got to do something to show you like there's a, at a certain level. You can't just have blind faith when you're not seeing it on the field. You know, I like the sentiment for sure, but it's, I don't know. It's a weird feel from the Mets. It feels like if this was the Wilpon regime, everyone would have given up on the season. I think with obviously a positive direction. Now, Steve Cohen, there's clearly the pieces are in place. The foundation is getting built, but the plan stuff is what I don't 
I don't agree with this five-year plan, three to five years. I mean, you're going to see it when you play the Giants uh, in a week or so. Their plan, they are in year zero of a rebuild. They are, you know, no one, they were not supposed to be good at all. What did they do? They went out and added at the deadline and it's paying off and they're somehow going to win the NL West when, you know, their roster isn't like, it's nowhere near the Dodgers and Padres, but they had a window and they, they capitalized. And you saw, I think the Red Sox, maybe we'll get into the Yankees in a second here. They're the, maybe the NL version of the Mets. I think at the deadline, they weren't supposed to be where they were in the standings. They didn't go out. They weren't aggressive. They didn't get the pitching and now they're collapsing. And I don't really, you know, don't really have much confidence in them, but it's like, if you give your team, if you supplement your team and believe in them enough, I think it really pays off here. Like you see with the Yankees, they've won four games maybe in the last two weeks that they just flat out lose without their deadline acquisitions. And you see the Braves, they went out, they were aggressive. The Phillies, both of them, both of those teams were more aggressive than the Mets. I don't know if maybe the Mets thought that this division would be fine or if it was just they believed in the pieces there. But I think you could look at this at the end of the year and, and I don't think you can have this, oh, we weren't supposed to be this good because this division wasn't supposed to be this bad. It is terrible. You have to win it. You know, you said they're the most fit to win it by far. You can't lead your division for two months straight, three months. I don't even know what it is so long and then not seal the deal. So, yeah, that's just where I feel like in the Mets here. And we'll wrap up quickly just giving an outlook here because they get the off day today, as we just talked about. That national series, you have to take two of three minimum. The Nationals, you talked about how they're going to love playing spoiler. Well, you should love to play a team that just got decimated. You know, the Marlins obviously were decimated, but they took three of four. So you have to handle business against the Nationals. And then then it is your season. Then it really gets, you know, it gets like how good is your baseball team? Because this, this stretch versus the Dodgers and Giants is going to be tough. And um, just to wrap it up here, I know I kind of asked this before, but now more specifically – this next two weeks, I think it's going to say a lot about the Mets. What do you think it needs to say on paper, Dylan, for it to be a successful kind of stand here? Uh, an above 500 winning percentage in the next two weeks is, I think, what it needs to be. Obviously, you got to win all three of those games against the Nationals. You have to win all three of those games, at least to let everybody know, hey, we're, we're still in this year. And then, you know, obviously you can't expect the same results against the Dodgers and the Giants. You, you just can't. You can, you can fight for it every game, but you, it's just not going to happen. So I would say if you could take – uh, I believe it's seven games against the Dodgers and six against the Giants or vice versa. So if you could take four against the Dodgers and, 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 and let's say three against the Giants, that is, I, I think that that's a, that's a success right there. It's a little less than that, whatever, but I, that, that is what I would be gunning for if I'm the Mets. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's a, that's going to be tough though. Like if, if we're being yeah. real here today, yeah. If you go above 500, I think it's an absolute win. I really do. But, like, this is make or break time. This is what baseball is all about because, what, we're 110 games in. But this right here, even after all that, this is going to really show what this team is. And that's why I love baseball. And I think that's maybe right now we're a positive segue. We have two angles we can approach the Yankees here, guys. Negative and positive. Where do you guys want to start that? Just, you know, I want to be on the same page here. I think you got to start positive. I, start I think with the good? The amount of negative that has been spoken about the Yanks through this season, I think you got to start on the positive note. All right, so we'll start with the positive note, and there are a lot of positives, and it's happy. You know, I, I love doing the Yankees second here because it means that there are positives. So <laughs> the Yankees are winning games. I think that's the positive aspect here. Really good week for them. They lose game one of the series versus the Orioles against a 2-12 and starting pitcher. 
And now you're thinking, oh boy, was the Miami thing a fluke? Um, but they, they get back-to-back 10-run games for the first time all season. They take that series, and then the Mariners come to town. And the Mariners, I think, were only a game back in the standings. Going in here, Yankees take three of four with their four starting pitchers being Nestor Cortez, Juan Lee Peralta, Andrew Heaney, and Luis Heal. So just on paper, you see that. You have, to, you have to love that. Obviously, a frustrating Sunday game. We were just talking about how it feels like Sundays, the Yankees just never win. Um, <laughs> I think they do have, like, the third worst record in baseball on Sundays outside of, like, the Dimebacks and Pirates. <laughs> Crazy weird stuff there. But, you know, you're not able to complete a fourth-game sweep. It's fine. Like, you're not going to win every game. But really nice stretch. The Yankees got to 12 games over 500. Now they're 11. I believe that is the highest they've been on a Nosebleeds episode. So I loved, you know, it's the, it's really the peak of the season. Nick, I'll start with you here. You know, a lot of good, some bad, but a lot of good this last week for the Yankees. Obviously, some guys coming back, stepping up, everything. What have you seen from this club? Do you think this is legit? Do you think the Yankees are here to stay and kind of going to go on a run here? Uh, you got to say absolutely. You know, they're eight for the last uh, 10, and they've won four of their last series played. Uh, obviously, you know, the Marlins and Orioles are not fantastic teams, but they were dominant wins uh, against the Orioles when they won 10 to 3, 13 to 1. Uh, and then against the Marlins, you know, it, it showed, we talked earlier in the show, Anthony Rizzo, that trade paid off absolutely. Uh, you know, without him, they might have lost that series or even possibly gotten swept. He had a couple home runs, a couple of big RBIs, runs scored. Uh, so, you know, it's it, there's just so much more life, and, and I think. Uh, positivity in this locker room and, and and hope, I guess, when these guys come to the plate that you will get runs. You won't just see, oh, uh, we score one run on a home run and then everyone else has two strikeouts. You know, I, I've seen so many times with the Yankees, uh, they'd have early, they'd be down early in a game. Uh, I'll take the game when Andrew Heaney pitched, for example. They were down four to one after two innings. Uh, obviously, he's been a darker spot, but we're staying positive here. Uh, they were down four to one and I was like, Oh man, we, we the Yanks never come back when they're down this big early, and sure enough, they did. Uh, you know, so and and that hasn't really happened all season, and now you're seeing it happen, and that's what's propelling them up to now 11 games above 500. Uh, it, it's just fantastic to see. You know, it's been so frustrating to watch, but now they're finally giving you you know really good baseball. I mean, they won an extras against the Mariners three to two. Brett Gardner comes up clutch. It's it's moments like those that have not been seen that much with the Yankees this year. And you could put it on a lot of things. You could put it on the trade acquisitions. That's that's a big part. Gallo finally, you know, broke through a big home run. Uh, Rizzo, obviously, now on the COVID list, but again, stay positive. Uh, but you have a lot of, you know, a lot of these just big plays by players who now come in or even are starting to find a spark uh, to be able to kind of propel the Yankees to that that stardom and, and superstar team that you're expecting to see. Uh, you know, that's, I think the fact that they're only 11 games above 500 after going 8-2 and two is a little tough. That just shows how mediocre they were before this. Uh, but again, even if they play now six and four, seven and three baseball through ten games, they're still going to be fantastic and they keep it rolling. You know, the Sox are not that far ahead. Uh, that's all I got to say there. So uh, it's it's up for up for grabs for sure. Obviously, Toronto's been hot too. Uh, so has Oakland. But I, I think the Yanks are absolutely right there and can keep making this push. Nick, the Sox aren't up by much, and it has also been a very difficult two weeks for them as absolutely. well. They've been- the, them and the Mets have really been the two worst, <laughs> two worst uh, competing teams, I would say, in baseball over the last <laughs> at least week and a half. Um, but, you know, you talk about what it is that is doing this for the Yankees. Not to be too meditative about this, but I think what, what this is a great example is, of is um, just the po- the power of a positive mindset. I feel like the, the, the 
the positivity and the culture surrounding the Yankees changed um, at the trade deadline. You know, they had enough faith in themselves to go get Joey Gallo and, and Anthony Rizzo and Andrew Heaney. Um, and as soon as that changed, th- there seemed to be a, a change in the air. Um, I'm sure that was the feeling in the clubhouse. Obviously, I'm not in there every day. But um, th- there, there was some tangible difference. And th- I think that has more to do with the Yankees' success here than anything else. I think what happened at the beginning of the season was, you know, there was such high expectations that the moment they would get swept in an o- opening series or, or whatever the whatever the situation was, um, all hell broke loose in, in Yankee land. So I think that was a, that had a real negative effect on this team. Uh, I, I, I've noticed that about different teams. But I think what you see with a team like the Red Sox so far this year or the Giants this year, as much as we have said – their success is not sustainable. They have not believed that. And that's why they continue to compete. That's why both those teams are, you know, fighting for first place right now. The Giants are in first place. You know, you can even uh, attribute that to, to the Mets as well, um, to some of their success in this season and what has been a, a bad division. But we already talked about that. But with the Yankees, uh, you know, all things I think are looking up for them. They've played most of their toughest games already. August and September are not going to be their toughest months uh, competing-wise. The, uh, you know, they're done with the Rays until the last weekend of the season. They only have, I think, five more games against the Red Sox. Those are going to be tough, and they really have not played the Red Sox well this year. But, you know, you look at the rest of it, you know, they got Kansas City this week. They have, uh, the White Sox this week are going to give perhaps give them some issues. You know, you got the A's, you play the Angels again, you play the Orioles, and the and the Blue Jays might be tough, but, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, and you got Texas again. So, you know, there are opportunities for the Yankees to really jump through here. And, you know – the American League is a little more open in terms of wild card, of course, than let's say the National League is. So there are just opportunities for the Yankees to continue to climb up that ladder. Will they end up in first place? Who knows at this point? There's four teams in the American League who are gunning for it, and three of them who I think have a shot at it. So, you know, who knows if they'll win that division? But uh, there's a lot of space for them to really catch up on some ground here. Yeah, they, they have multiple avenues to a playoff spot. It's not yeah. just the second wild card. You know, they could easily get the first. If we want to do that outlook, we can because <clears throat> the Red Sox, I'll, I'll flat up say it, I, I think they're setting in. I think reality setting in. I'm just not worried about them. I don't think they're a good baseball team. I really – I know the Yankees are lost a million games against them this year, you know, three and ten. But not going, getting a pitcher at the deadline was a huge mistake. Now the offense, which had been slugging them, it's slumping and the pitching isn't good enough to sustain that. And that's why you're seeing a big collapse here. 7-2 blown lead for them yesterday. And the team that they just lost 3-4-2 is the one I'm more worried about. The Toronto Blue Jays, I think the A's and the Blue Jays are going to continue to win and they're going to put a lot of pressure on the Yankees. They really are. The Yankees, they won't be able to do that, you know, 6-4 and four stretch, Nick, that you said, because these other teams are hot and they're just winning their games. I think both the Blue Jays, Yankees, and A's are all 8-2 in their last 10. Like, like these teams are winning um the uh Red Sox yeah they are not they're two and a half I believe ahead of the Yankees now tied with the A's after being in charge of the AL East for you know two months straight so I think that's a path for the Yankees the Rays too they're really tough they only get three against them which is going to be hard you're going to need them to just go on a little bit of a slump I think they're six and a half back now and that's the only frustrating thing it's you've had this great stretch of baseball and you're still two and a half after playoff spot but you know, it's a lot better than than where they were earlier. And they needed – like, if they didn't go out and get a Rizzo and Gallo, uh, the three in Miami were all one to two run wins. Rizzo had RBIs and homers and two – and, like, like Rizzo, first six games with RBIs, first Yankee ever to do that. Joey Gallo, you mentioned he had a breakthrough homer. 
versus Seattle in, in that first game where they stole. And this series versus Seattle, like, the outlook could be really different. The Yankees went five for 40, guys, with under scoring vision. Like, they, they were down to their last out, down to their last strike versus the Mariners. They flipped out one. They get a fluke win on Saturday, winning on an inning-ending double play. Like, that was their go-ahead run. So, like, a very fortunate series for the Yankees, considering the offense not picking up. But, but with the pitching being as, you know, it's overperformed so much this year, it, it's okay. You can have a stretch like this and still take three or four against an above 500 team. I think one person who hasn't got enough credit, I don't think I've brought him up on the show, praising him is Matt Blake, the pitching coach. You know, last year, first year on the job, COVID year, weird stuff, injuries, you know, it's not like the pitching was terrible last year, but certainly a lot to be desired. And you've seen it flip this year. You've seen, you know, they won a game where they emptied the entire bullpen and held the Mariners to two runs, I think. Like when you're able to do that and find all these guys, Clay Holmes, who they found from the Pirates, people were like, what are they doing? He has a million ERA. Uh, he's been just a godsend for these, I think, seven innings, one run, that one run he left. It was like two outs, runner on first. Luke, he ended up giving up the run. So, like, when you're able to turn these guys around, Tyone, who'll get the start tonight versus the Royals, he's been their their most reliable pitcher. He won July, AL Pitcher of the Month. It's nice to see. And so I think on that positive side, you know, like, there, there is a, this team is in a good spot. You mentioned the mojo, Dylan, and it's there. Even yesterday, they were down 2 nothing in the eighth inning. I'm texting, going back and forth with a friend. He's texting me, like, it's crazy the outlook of this team has changed. Two weeks ago, I would have turned this game off in, like, the fifth inning down two runs at game over, even though they didn't come through yesterday, you just have a good energy. You feel like they can do it. And I think that it shows in the locker room. You see these guys in the post-game press conferences, they're smiling, they're jittery, there's excitement. And whether it was brought with the Rizzo and Gallo, you know, additions or just kind of natural positive regression setting in, we finally see it. But now on the bad side of things, the COVID, the COVID Yankees, uh, it's really getting them bad probably bad choice of words to go positive with that last part of the Yankees segment, because <laughs> this is quite literally the positive part. Um, so Garrett Cole on Tuesday tested positive after the game, then Jordan Montgomery a day later, then Gary Sanchez two days later, and then Anthony Rizzo on Sunday. So those are four huge players. You haven't had Cole now for two starts. You've weathered the storm. Jordan Montgomery's rock solid. You haven't had him and then get, and like, you think it's over at that point, a few days pass, but then Gary Sanchez tests positive, And then Anthony Rizzo, who I think is maybe the only player who publicly has said he's not vaccinated test positive. So that's going to be, you know, that's not going to be the, it's going to be a tough stretch here because he's going to have to go through all the protocols and stuff. He's going to have to jump through all the hoops. He's not going to get the, the benefit of the, like the two negative tests in your back because that's a, that's a vaccination thing. So, yeah, the, it, it sucks that you're not going to have these guys. Rizzo really hurts. I, you get Luke Voigt back yesterday from the actual IL. But still, what Rizzo was doing defensively, offensively, it seemed like every game they won, Anthony Rizzo was involved heavily. So you hope that the Yankees can kind of weather the storm here, but not having these guys is going to hurt. Uh, yeah, I think it, it, it will make or break them, I think. Uh, like I brought up before, you have to have guys who step up. Uh, I, I think – I want to make an argument for the Yankees have been hit by injuries and COVID uh, more than almost any other team in, in, in the league. If you just yeah, look they, at they just broke the record, Nick, they're 2019. They set the record for all time players on the IL. And they I mean, it's, broke it's, it's like a Yankee curse almost with, with the, this type of, you know, this, this team we've had, I mean, yeah. uh, you can look discluding now that the COVID, I mean, actually, well, I'll stay on that for one second. I'm, you have to hope that 
Rizzo is the last case. Because obviously, we all know through living through a pandemic, it spreads. Uh, you have to hope he is the last case so you don't lose another big name. Because if you lose another big name, you're in a lot more trouble, obviously. Uh, so you got to hope Cole can come back. But you look, obviously, Corey Kluber's been out uh, for a while. He threw 42 pitches in a game Saturday. Uh, so that's, you know, hopefully figure something out there. Gio Urshela has missed a, a time sparingly here and there. Chapman's on the I.L. and Duhar's on the I.L. Uh, Severino... Who knows when he's going to come back? Everyone was thinking maybe for the trade deadline, uh, he would almost be like that quote-unquote acquisition that we just get off the IL. Uh, you know, and then you look at the COVID guys, like you said, Rizzo will be out for a week or two. Sanchez, the same thing. Jordan Montgomery, who's been arguably our most reliable pitcher all season, uh, out as well. And then Garrett Cole, the ace. Uh, you know, when when the Yanks lost Cole before that Orioles series, maybe it was in, in, in the middle Not of it, I was on. like, oh my gosh. What, yeah. what, what is, what is going to happen to this team now? You know, that's, again, that's supposed to be your guy that goes out and you're supposed to guarantee secure a win. Uh, but they picked up, you know, it's, I have the faith that they can pick up and keep doing it, but you know, how many, how many gut shots can you take before you finally give in? Uh, so that, again, that's the real test of this team. Uh, similarly, what we were talking about with the Mets, just on a different level, you have a lot of these guys going down and you're in a spot where you are winning and have to keep doing so uh show us show us as fans how you can keep doing it you know i do have some concerns obviously because you've got guys who are not in the lineup on a daily basis playing but who knows like like what happened before that 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 is a good thing in sometimes because it's a fresh face so i am a little I'm cautiously opt optimistic i guess with with the yankees being able to kind of keep going and and keep the streak alive with just so many I would say injuries, but positive tests. Okay, first of all, <clears throat> here we are a year and a half in. And I still have real problems with the way every sport has handled this pandemic. Um, I, I think I think baseball's doing an okay job, but nevertheless, I, I still think um, there's real problems with just how the entire sports world has handled this. I, I think Tokyo's about to have its own uh, variant of this virus, but that's a that's a whole other time. I don't know, was that the Omega variant or whatever the hell it is? Who, who knows? Epsilon, I guess. Epsilon, that's what it is. But th that's completely off topic. Um, if, if you're the Yankees, it, it is it is something that you question as a fan and as a spectator of, of this team. Um, is it is it something they're doing wrong outside of the clubhouse? Um, because there's a lot of positive cases, but it can also just be a pure coincidence. Is it? I have no idea. This is a lot of cases, um, but I also think this is a Yankee team that seems fairly res responsible. Um, I don't know what the percentage of them uh, being vaccinated is like. Maybe one of you guys. Yeah, they were one of the, I think they were the third team to get the 85%. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. I, they seem like a highly vaccinated team. The irony. Just by looking at them, they look highly vaccinated. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, uh, but what it comes down to is I think th this is bound to happen in a pandemic. Uh, if you're going to play baseball in a pandemic, that's the, uh, that's the poison that you're going to have to drink. And, you know, whether or not we should be making that compromise as a society is a whole other question that I would love to devote a whole episode of this podcast to. Uh, but we're not. And probably we shouldn't but at, at the end of the day this is just kind of the reality of things now the yankees have had a lot of guys have the opportunity to step up uh at times and you know at their at their worst as a team those guys had the chance and weren't able to do it uh to step into that role now they're having that opportunity again 
Uh, and you think late in the season when it seems like, as we mentioned, the, the, the mojo, the mindset, the culture of this team is different. Uh, now is perhaps the right time for them. So you think for the Yankees is, uh, I have no doubt that they will continue to win despite their current COVID situation. That's just me, though. I completely agree. Um, if, if you look at the IL, the rotation on the IL is better than the rotation right now on the okay. field. Cole Montgomery, Kluber, Domingo Herman, and Severino. That's a really good rotation. All those guys are going to come back. I think that's a great thing for the Yankees. You know, all this, the, the one thing that we know with COVID and the Yankees is they primarily got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And we know, I think right now it's still very early with everything, but we know it's just not as effective in preventing COVID as the other two, two dose ones. So maybe the Yankees are kind of like a test case for the world. And like, maybe you should get the two dose one if you don't want to get COVID. I don't know, but it's like, it does seem that just every single few days now, it never ends with them. And while it's frustrating, I agree though. I'm not like too concerned, no matter who goes down, the mojo is just too high right now. Like the Rizzo one, if that happened maybe a week ago, I'd be like gutted. The season would be over and everything, just how huge he was. But he had a few off games versus the Mariners. Didn't matter. You know, like at some point, if your team just feels it, they feel it. And it doesn't matter. The players, you know, Greg Allen gets sent down and the fan base goes crazy because he was one of these COVID replacement players. He's a career minor leaguer. He hit 290, he had a 400 on base. He got sent down. Like that's just how deep the Yankees are right now. Even with all these injuries, it's so weird. You know, the guy that's replacing him, Jonathan Davis, has not really hit. Don't really love the move to bring him up instead of Allen. I know there's a ton of, like, replacement player COVID rules. Allen's not on the 40-man, whatever. But, like, that's off topic here. But, you know, it doesn't really – you don't feel like it's going to matter. Like, there's no reason they should have won three of four versus the Mariners with all these guys out. Luis Heal, I think, needs a big shout-out. Um, he's, I think the first Yankee ever to go like 11 scoreless in his first two outings, six scoreless versus the Orioles and then five scoreless Sunday. So to have a guy like him who has like, he has the ace stuff, this, this doesn't look like a fluke. This doesn't look like last year's Davey Garcia, like Luis Hill has the hundred mile per hour fastball and this big league slider. So like to get guys that just come up and shove is, is something that I think great organizations have top to bottom. You have the infrastructure. And the Yankees have that. They are a great organization. I don't want to, you know, like kiss the butt too much here, um, which I'm definitely doing. But it, you have guys that step up. And I think at the end of the day, like the, the COVID thing, I, I think they can weather the storm. I think they will be just fine here. Yeah, I, I've had that faith, you know, now as of recent, uh, as you know, as we talked about, uh, you, you worried with the Yankees when they would go down early that they wouldn't be able to come back. Are you worried that, oh, great, they got a series against the I don't know whether it was the Sox or the Rays, you know, any any team above 500 who who's competing for a spot, you would worry, oh man, we're losing this series, no doubt. Uh, and and I have not thought that way since really since the All Star break. You know, they've been playing really really good baseball, uh, despite you know all these all these obstacles that have been thrown at them. So, like you said, Ryan, I I think really I, you always worry a bit, especially when you are a fan of a team when guys go down. But just the the, the liveliness and, and momentum that this team has right now, I, I do have confidence. I think they're going to keep it going. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you go down. Well, yeah, I just really – I just don't think there's any other uh, option for them at this point. I think they realize the, the stakes at which they are playing. Um, you know, the Yankees did not expect to be playing such meaningful games in September. I think they thought this division was so set in a way that 
in a sort of 98 kind of style, they could really coast in, in late August, early September. And then maybe have to fight in that last week because they coasted too much in September. But at, at the end of the day, this is going to be very, um, this is going to be a very heated two months for them because they're really in the middle of a pennant chase that they did not expect to be in. So when it comes down to it, they're going to have to continue to overcome those mindsets. Cause I think in their minds, they see themselves as, the rightful heirs to this division how could they not with the way we expected them to be playing at the beginning of this season so i think with that that monkey on their back the chip on their shoulder um they will they're just going to continue to compete yeah and if we want to just wrap it up here the outlook you know the good news is you're playing a royals team right now that's not very good at baseball and you have the Rays and red Sox playing each other and that i think is a pivotal thing because they're going to either one beat up on each other or you're going to gain significant ground. If the Red Sox continue to fall, you could see the Yankees pass them by the next episode, you know, like two and a half back Yankees play like they did last week. Red Sox play like they did last week. It will happen. So I think that's good. Jameson Tyone, you have him tonight. You, you gotta, you gotta have something from him. You know, they're in a stretch right now, 17 straight days of baseball. And we're really seeing it taxed with the bullpen. I ruled this Chapman too. He has the inflammation in his shoulder. Now he's, on the actual IL, you have Labor Torres with a thumb injury, and Aaron Boone was not very, you know, positive on that aspect after the game. It doesn't look great, so that could be an update by the time we're done here. But huge week. You, you have no other option but to win the AL. It is what it is. Like, we can sit here and complain and wish, you know, the Yankees were in the NL East all day, like I thought about a little last week. But you're in the AL. It's a gauntlet. You have to be ready. You have to, you have to play really well to make the playoffs. It's how it should be. You know, in other sports, like in the NBA, you can make the playoffs being sub 500. What I love about baseball is that you're only guaranteed five spots per league. So Yankees are going to have to fight here. They really are. And I think that they're ready for it. I think, you know, the, the outlook has really changed, right? We're all positive on the Yankees. When's the last time a show had three hosts that were there this, like, not concerned about the Yankees? It just doesn't happen. Probably not yeah. once. Um, but I think, you know, that'll wrap it up here. So thank you guys for listening to us just ramble and talk, especially me early morning here. I think we had some good time talking baseball though. So, you know, stay tuned for more on the nosebleed side, a WFEV sports podcast. I'm Ryan Gregware. This has been the nosebleed podcast. Mm-hmm.